It's Wednesday and you know what that means. It's time for another Make It A Win podcast. I hope you enjoy. Hello everyone and I'm very happy to announce that the Make It A Win podcast is proudly sponsored by a small Irish business over here in Melbourne called Attack Sports Australia. I've been lucky enough to get to know one of the founders over the past year in John Barrett. John and myself became quite good friends and he reached out to me earlier on in the year to offer me his product to help with my recovery. And I cannot rave about his compression wear enough. If you're tired of aching pains after your workouts and you'd like to shorten your recovery so you can be at your very best for every session, then Attack Sports Compression Wear is the solution. To order your gear today, the website is attackoz.com. That's A-T-A-K-O-Z.com. Enjoy and enjoy the recovery, guys. Warwick, well, was your birthday yesterday? Happy birthday. Thank you very much, man. Thank you. The big 24 now. Getting old, I'm telling you. Wonderful. How's things in Melbourne? I've uh, been keeping in touch with a few people there. Melbourne's going all good. Um, you know, yourself, life goes on, everyone keeps busy. What about yourself, though, man? You're walking around Australia. What, like, madness. And every yeah. time, I remember any time I asked you any questions about what your plans were or what you were going to do, you would just say, I'll tell you during the podcast. So really, <laughs> I know nothing as to what your plans are here. This is this is where I'm learning it all. So, man, what the hell? What are you doing? Yeah, great. Well, first of all, I'm growing this big beard. I haven't had access to a razor yet, which is it's really pissing me off. Um, so I'm, I started in Melbourne 55 days ago and I've walked 850 kilometers. I started off, uh, heading towards Blackwood and the Lerderdurk State Forest, which is, uh, ended up being a four day walk. Uh, and then that was Northwest. And then I started heading pretty much as the bird flies Northeast through Beechworth, Tumbarumba, Talangata, uh, Taubingo. And then and just uh, a few days ago, I finished my first big solo um trek through the mountains so it was a seven day trek by myself um through the australian alps um so that's basically the logistics of it i just walk for hours and hours and hours why what was the reason going into this whole thing as to why you wanted to walk australia there's a there's a hundred reasons why every time someone asks that question i come up with a different answer just to sort of entertain myself a little bit because i gotta i gotta answer like the I think you're probably going to ask me about the, the same five questions I get asked every day, which is um, why is number one? And one of the reasons why is I like adventure. That's kind of my lazy answer when someone's, when I'm like, I got no time. Like, oh, I like adventure. I'd say, someone recently asked me and I said, um, you know what? I don't know. So uh, the, the real reasons, are, um, I want to learn self-sustainability from different um, people along the way. I've already visited a few sort of homestead, backyard, gardens where I've learned a few things off. Uh, just the other day, I, I've learned that you have to rip up strawberries every two years to help to make them produce better. I don't know. So I ripped up a strawberry patch yesterday. And eventually, I'll want to start my own self-sustainable community in uh, the middle of nowhere on a dead piece of land, turn that into a thriving food forest. 
So that's one of the reasons. Another reason is I want to visit Indigenous communities and learn from them how to live self-sustainably and uh, in, in touch with the country. And um, I want to learn their culture. They've got um, some very interesting um, astrological ways of looking at things. And uh, they've got six seasons. Um, indigenous people traditionally, most uh, indigenous nations have six seasons instead of the four that we have. So learning how to look at the country in that way would be very, very valuable to me in my goal to produce food for myself and other people. You speak there about producing food for yourself. How have you been eating this past 55 days? Because I remember you telling me before you left, you were wanting to spend as little money as possible. So how have you been going, going about diet wise? Yeah, so I left, uh, um, I left Melbourne with $40 and I spent that probably like two weeks later in Yay on beer when I was a bit sick of not, not having any beer. Um, as for getting f food, I carry with me a bag of rice and lentils that are mixed together. I used to just have rice, but I ended up losing a lot of weight really quickly. I lost seven kilos in the first month. Um, so I added lentils in there to get the protein. So I eat that. That's my staple when I'm tra traveling. Um, a lot of the time I'm staying with people. I'll tell you about where I'm staying right now. So I'm uh, in this like this this woman named Isabel, she's a part of the national a volunteer national parks association, and she was up in the forest a few days ago when I was passing through, having a tea party with um, national parks, um, ACT, and the local government, and they had like this trundle table filled with cake and uh, a ute with like a coffee machine in the back of it. They were like doing uh, slow drip coffee, and they saw I had a guitar. And so they offered me a coffee and they did a speech and then I, they like, play us a song. So I played a song and then they gave me all the cake that I had left over and people pulled out their lunch bags and they were giving me snakes and all this sort of stuff. And then Isabel was there, a uh, lovely old woman. She's a, a, a botanist. Her house is filled with all these um, uh, botany plants. There's just hundreds of them. Um, and she said I could stay here. And I said, thanks. And I called her when I got to Canberra a couple of days later. And I've been here since, what day is today? Wednesday? Thursday? I've been there since Monday, Tuesday. Can't remember. Um, so I've just got a spare bed. I'm staying here. She's, she's been feeding me pretty well. Um, she's got chicken so it, and, a, and a veggie garden. So pretty much just eating out of that. Um, uh, so forage quite a bit. So uh, dandelions are very nutritious. Uh, there's lots of berries you can collect. Um, and people just give you stuff all the time. Everyone's very nice. I'm not, yeah. I just keep getting given stuff. With the likes of berries and stuff like that there that you're picking and eating, are you ever worried that they might be poisonous or are you able to tell which ones are and which ones aren't? I'm learning, I'm learning. I'm not, um, I don't put anything in my face unless I know what it is. So at the moment, it's only a few types of berries that I could recognize very easily on my way up through Victoria, one of them being blackberries. Um, and dandelions and uh, fern leaves. I've got a little book on edible plants of Australia, so I, I'm flicking through that all the time, but it, it's not very comprehensive, obviously. There's thousands of plants and there's like 200 pages, mm -hmm. and um, so I just um, try to flick through that as much as I can, try to remember things, but it's it's learning by doing, really. Brilliant. Listen, 
you're 55 days in and incredible fair play to you that's it's exceptional what you've done has there been a time yet where you've regretted this decision of doing the walk around australia not regretted i've never once thought this was a bad idea i've had bad days i've been rained out i've had i i walked 55 k overnight one night and what as the sun was coming up i sat on a balance nest um and little things like that just sort of bring you down sometimes but the overall positivity of the entire concept of walking around australia has been unfathomable everyone's so kind everyone looks after each other out here especially looking after me and see in the countryside and getting some exercise and the absolute benefits on your mental health of just going for a walk is applied to me a thousandfold because I'm always going for a walk. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I've never once had, had any regrets, no. Brilliant, man. That is incredible. And what, what, what you say, obviously, walking the 55K in one night, have you come across like, any injuries yet where you might have got shin splints, ankles or so, or anything like that there at all, or even as it gets colder where you're just too cold to walk or sleep outside has any injuries or health issues came about yet yeah so when i was crossing the mountains i don't ever sleep in that at all um so i was quite cold when i was in the mountains uh, i was at 1500 uh, meters above sea level and it's it's like autumn now so i had some pretty cold nights up there and i just couldn't sleep um as far as injury goes, I've got a little um, ankle strain that I've had twice now. I think it's from my boots. I'm, I'm getting new boots. I'm going to change to um, trail runners. Mm. Uh, I just got going to test them out. They're like just like a hiking runner, a lot lighter. Um, um, I've scra- got a lot of scrapes and scratches from making my way through the bush, making my own trails. Other than that, just my sore back from carrying a 25-litre pack, really. Yeah. So what what have you brought with you? Because you're, you're planning to do this in, what, three years or in and around that time? What, yep. What have you brought got in your bag for the next three years? I very much doubt that anything is in my bag is going to last me the whole trip. I'm, I'm looking at getting a new bag while I'm here in Canberra. Um, so I've got... I've got a few things sitting right here, actually. I've got my head torch, which is very important. It's rechargeable, rechargeable off a solar pack, which is right here. This solar pack um, hangs off the back of my backpack mm-hmm. and it um, charges my phone and all that sort of thing. It's not a very good one. I want to get a new system. Uh, I've got a multi-tool. It's a little uh, little plier thing that sort of springs like that. Um, I've got this gas canister, just this little thing. They run out pretty quickly. I'm looking at getting a new system. But the gas canister has this um, thing that attaches to it. It's just sort of three prongs, and that screws on top of there. And then that's what I cook my food on. I've got, like, some aluminium pots that are quite light. I've got a big knife. I've got a backup torch in case my head torch fails. I've got uh, my watch, my phone, a guitar, toiletries, bag of food, Few changes socks, few changes underwears. That um, book I was talking about, this cool hat I've got. Um, 
sleeping bag, tent, first aid kit, sewing kit. That's about it. For three years, that's everything. That's incredible. Is there well, anything? Yeah. Is there anything now that haven't left and you've done fifty-five days, but where you're like, ah, kind of wish I had brought that or uh, should have planned for this. I wish I brought a sleeping mat. Um, but other than that, oh, I wish I'd gotten a better solar panel. Yeah. But other than that, I've I've done pretty well for myself. I think. Yeah, and then obviously you're in Canberra at the moment. Where's next? Where where do you go? Are you walking up Sydney way or what's happening? Yeah, so from Canberra, it's a, almost a two-week walk to the coast. Uh, we're going through some national parks. There's some caves along the way that I'm going to sleep in. Um, and then it's uh, six six to ten months of walking up the east coast. That's incredible. And have you Sydney. any like, friends there that you've planned to meet up with and stay stay at certain spots or have you emailed or text anyone to have things set up whenever you're up in certain areas? Um, I've had a, f- um, I've got some family in Sydney. I've had a few f- strangers on Instagram message me that they can, I can stay with them. Uh, I've got a few friends up and down the coast, friends of friends, family of friends. Um, and then I'll just make some friends along the way, I guess. I guess. Mm-hmm. Have you, um, I seen on your Instagram post there that, on one of your your routes, it uh, the route had basically been destroyed by bushfires. Have you come across mulches yeah. out there where something you'd planned wasn't able to go forward, so it's kind of ruined the, the plan as such? Well, that's the beauty of uh, my philosophy towards this, is I don't generally have a plan. I just sort of go day to day and cha- change it as, a, as things come. Uh, the The... Taking that route that I lost the road on, that was, uh, I think you're talking about um, Bodong Falls coming into Talbingo. Uh, it was, it's called the Human Hovels Trail, which is a lovely, well, no, was many years ago, a lovely trail that, w- that went from, uh, I think, Aubrey all the way up to just near Canberra, a place called Yass. Uh, but over the during the bushfires, it got destroyed, all the bridges gone and the remnants of the trails gone and then since then it's not been used very much because there's no bridges or anything so basically it's just wallaby trails and then eventually it wasn't even wallaby trail it was, it was just bush and i ended up rock climbing and falling down a hill a bit and making my way through seas of ferns it was it was tough but it was fun i prefer doing that than walking along the side of the highway for hours and hours and hours with trucks zooming by with um, you said earlier on that you lost seven kilos within the first month, and then you added lentils as a bit of protein for your eating wise. Have you been able to maintain weight now, or are you still losing it at a drastic rate? Uh, not losing it at a drastic weight anymore. I've sort of balanced it out now at seventy five kilos, okay. which is probably a little bit underweight for my size. Mm-hmm. Um, I was eighty five before I started. So, uh, but I, when I, the feast and famine game, so anytime I have access to food, I'm just scoffing. Yesterday, I ate an entire loaf of bread on top of everything else I had, <laughs> on top of three meals and like four serves of fruit. I'm just constantly eating when I can. And then when I can't, I have to ration and 
take things easy, but I'm never starving. It's just I'm moving so much. Yeah. I'm just doing so much exercise. It's like, I mean, how much weight did you lose when you first started doing your triathlons? Oh, yeah. In the, fir- in the first, uh, I think, seven weeks, I ended up losing like eight kilos or something like that there. But then yeah, I exactly. started just eating everything I That's could. Fun. In my head, I was like, oh, well, I'm able to eat it because I'm losing it and whatnot. And then it uh, rationed out, like my metabolism kind of met, met up, caught up with itself, so it did. That's, yeah, that's bang on where I am as well. That's pretty much exactly the path that I'm at. I'm at that stage right now, that seven week, one, eight weeks in now. But yeah, I've lost 10 kilos. As incredible as this entire journey is and as excited as I am to see see the progression you make and all i'm sure your friends and your family had a lot of questions and probably a bit apprehensive with you starting this how, how were they feeling originally whenever you brought it up whenever you told family and close friends about it how were they feeling and then how are they feeling now that you're 55 days in and that they're seeing you're enjoying it it's helping your mental health so what's been their views well yeah uh the- both my mother and father each individually sat me down three times to try and talk me out of doing it, giving me dangerous scenarios and all sorts of things, just trying to convince me that it wasn't a very good idea. But I'd already convinced myself that I was going to do it. There was nothing they could do. I, I, I purposely didn't tell them months before I had the idea, months after I had the idea, um, just so I was, I had, I had a plan, a little bit of a plan, a little bit of know-how. I'd read a survival book or two. Um, I got already got some of the gear, and then I told them. So there was no backing out by that stage. As for friends, as for my friends, they just—I think they still think I'm crazy. Um, and but yeah, everyone's uh, enjoying watching me do what I'm do what I'm doing. My dad's apparently quite proud. His my my uncle told me that he can't stop talking about it. Mum um, sort of settled down a bit. She. Um, since I've crossed the mountains, she sees that I actually can do this. And so, yeah, everyone's kind of settling into the idea that I'm going to be walking for four years. Mm-hmm. What What are you most excited for over the next four years? There's, it's just, it's all so good. There's so many things to look forward to. I'm hitting the coast in two weeks. I get to swim in the ocean. Uh, for then eight months, every day, I can just, walk into the ocean the ocean will, the beach will be my home for months and it's only going to get nicer and nicer and nicer and then it'll be rainy season and that'll be a bit bit shit but you know it's kind of all be rainbows and sunshines and uh, what else am i looking forward to just so much stuff i can't even begin to start rattling it off i don't even know what's coming i don't even know what to look forward to <laughs> what could, like i don't even have a plan so I'm just going to, yeah, taking it a day at a time, just looking forward to tomorrow, really. So I've already asked you your why as to why to do this, but how? Like, how did this even come about that this was even a thought, that it was a possibility? Like, have people done it before in the past? Or how did this even come about where you thought it possible to walk Australia? Well, by the time I I'd already decided I was going to do it before I knew if anyone had ever done it before. I assumed they had. People have done everything, and they had. Seven, seven people uh, in recorded history have done it, according to Wikipedia. The first guy did it in 1921. 
Um, I always wanted to travel around Australia since I was a kid in a van, but I recently became a lot more eco-conscious conscious in the past couple of years. Went vegan and got, got rid of my car, got a bike. Um, so not, I didn't want to be burning fossil fuels also whilst on my various social media things, preaching the word of sustainability and changing the world. It's a bit hypocritical to be doing both those things. And then in lockdown in Melbourne, I would go for walks quite often, very often, sometimes for breaking the rules a little bit, going for five hours at a time. And I just began to gather up the thought that I could do this professionally, just walk around Australia, sort of meld all those things together. And then once I get an idea like that, I kind of just go for it. Incredible. So over the past 55 days, I'm sure you've had uh, a mad amount of stories. What are, what are at least one of the stories that you've had that you're just like, this epitomizes what I'm doing right now. This is the reason I'm doing this. This is why I love it. This is a moment that I will always remember, always cherish. Like, Good question. You're going to have to give me a minute. We might have to do some editing. Yeah, no, yeah. no, of course. Um, Ah, okay, I got one. It was not long ago, actually. Um, so there's this place called uh, Taupingo, just on the other side of the hills from Canberra. So it's, the, it's where I started my um, trek across the Alps from. Um, it's a small town. It's fed, fed by – It's so it's nestled in the, the mountains. So it's surrounded – it's in this valley, surrounded by mountains on all sides, and there's a big lake in the middle, and it's got a nine-hole golf course, and – um, I j- just done that bit where I went off the trail and I was just like covered in sticks and scratches and I walked down to the place and they've got the, the Taubingo Country Club and Chinese Restaurant is the name of the pub there. So I walked in there and I asked if I could play guitar for, for, just to play guitar. Normally I ask for beer and uh, food in exchange for my playing guitar in a pub, but I didn't that time for some reason. I just wanted to play. So I sat down and the guy ended up bringing me some whiskey and I asked them if they needed any staff, and they said, yeah, we do, for the long weekend. I need, I need a little bit of money to pay for my phone bill. And it was Easter long weekend, and they, they desperately needed me. So they put me up in a motel room for four nights. They gave me a meal every day, pretty much unlimited drinks. I ended up staying with one of the directors of the country club, and he took me out on the golf course in his uh, golf buggy, and we ended up having to chop wood, and I was driving his tractor for the first time as, with this, like, load of wood. And so just my whole general time in Tabigo and how everyone treated me and how well received I was is kind of why, why I want to do this is meet Australians and meet these good people and just live amongst them. And I did that in Tabigo very, very well, very comfortably. That's incredible. So you're just walking around with the guitar, you'll go into a pub and you'll say, listen, any chance I can play and get a bit of food, maybe a few beers or whatever. And has it been working yep. out pretty well? I've gotten one one no so far. Okay. Yeah, I, I, everyone else has said yes. Brilliant. And is this after you've explained what you're doing, or do you just go in with the thing of listen, would like play this? Uh, well, I'll have a. I've got a big backpack with a guitar. Not, I broke my guitar case, so I, it's just strapped to the back with rope. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'll I'll walk in and. You can already tell that I'm a fucking weirdo 
And I'll be like, hi, my name's Max. I'm walking around Australia. I was wondering if I could play some tunes in the corner in exchange for a few beers and a plate of food. And they'll look at me for a second and just to see if I'm bullshitting them. And they look me up and down and they go, yeah, right. <laughs> That's incredible, man. What, what's a few things you miss then about home? Or have you even had time to think of missing home? Or has it just because obviously you're on the go every single day, so... You might not have even had the time to come across going, oh, I missed this or I missed that. I am very, very busy. Mm-hmm. Extraordinarily busy. Um, but I, I, do, I do miss people and things, but I've been traveling for a long time and I've been missing dear friends since I was a teenager. I mean, you, you miss your family back home. You miss that guy that you used to hang out with when you were a teenager. Those relationships keep going with distance, and I do call people as often as I can. But I don't miss any creature comforts or living in Melbourne or anything, really. Working. <laughs> don't miss working. <laughs> uh, maybe, maybe a little bit. But... Uh, no, just just people, but just in the normal way, not in a cry myself to sleep way. Brilliant, man. And obviously you said earlier on that it's been helping with your mental health, this walking every day, which I can only imagine because it's one of the biggest things whenever people are feeling down, depressed, low, anxious, doctor's advice, go for a walk, clear your head. So you're doing that 24-7 each day, every day, so you're plenty of time. What's been a few things you've learned about yourself along the way so far? I've learned that I'm very um, I'm good at what's the word resourceful I'm very good at getting doing like fixing things and changing things the way I need them to be like the zipper broke in my tent so I pulled it off my first aid kit and attached it I'm not bad at sewing. Um, I've learned that a lot of the mental health issues that I may have experienced in my short life could quite possibly be heavily attributed to the societies I was living in and working the way that I was working. Um, or maybe it was just not getting enough exercise. I mean, I've always got enough exercise, been getting exercise. Because it's not just the exercise, is it? It's, they, they call it forest bathing. Getting out into the forest and spending time there is supposed to be extraordinarily good for your mental health. It's literally prescribed by doctors in uh, uh, Canada and Japan, I heard, from a, a woman who was into it. So I've learned that maybe... The issues I had, depression, anxiety, were always quite easily fixable. I just needed to change the way I was living. And uh, maybe the way that cities are built and the way we're designed to, the way it's designed for us to work and function is not particularly healthy. That's more about the system than about me. Mm-hmm. 
that's incredible, man. Well done and fair play. Um, I'm sure you would have had had a lot of advice before going on this here journey. Uh, but I ask it in each episode, what's the best advice you've ever received, man? It can be about going on this journey or it can just be about life in general. But what's the best advice? I, I thought about this for a while, actually. Because um, I, I knew this question was coming. I do, I do, I do listen to the podcast occasionally. Um, <laughs> the funny thing is, I didn't get much advice before going on this trip. Um, be safe is hardly advice. It's a request. Um, but I'll do I'll do two, if you don't mind. Yeah, of course. One's, one's one that I came up with is advice I've given myself and to others that I've sort of developed over the years. It's um, everything's made up, nothing matters, do whatever you want. Uh, which which is, uh, I say that to a lot of people, it sounds a bit uh, nihilist and stuff, but it, it's, just, it's just meant to be silly and make you feel like, oh yeah, nothing really does matter. You can just do whatever you want. And everything is made up. Mm. Another one uh, is by uh, the American comedian Conan O'Brien. He was uh, kicked, he was fired from his job on the Tonight Show, and on his last show, um, his final parting words were: "Work hard, be kind, and great things will happen." So it's kind of a almost the opposite of what I said before. Yeah, with this nihilistic. Uh, view and then this sort of like uh you got to invest in yourself and others so it's it's both sides of the seesaw with those two pieces of advice and maybe one day i'll come up with a piece of advice that sort of melds that all together into one it's about finding that nice balance uh, in between using those two, yeah using those two pieces of philosophy is sort of how i've lived my life for many years and it's got me well Done you very well, man. Whenever you're determined and committed to do something, I mind you saying last year, it's like, oh, I'm going to do a triathlon with you. And you did it. Like, no problem. You'd said you're going to do it. Then you told me, oh, I'm going to walk Australia. You're 55 days in. You're in, you're in bloody Canberra. <coughs> you're in Canberra. You've walked from Melbourne to Canberra. That is insane. Like, one more time, you've walked from Melbourne to Canberra. That is yeah, incredible. Yeah. yeah pretty crazy so is the plan then to eventually walk around the entire coast of australia and finish in melbourne or do you think you'll finish in a suburb village or unknown place and create your own town as you said earlier on or will you eventually come back here then to melbourne to, to settle the idea is that I, I the, the finish line is melbourne mm-hmm. i, I want to do it and i've done it but i'm also thinking about in Tasmania as well. Okay, okay. But I want to kayak to Tasmania. That's Because I don't, I don't want to use any fossil fuels. Yeah. You can do it. It's a five-day trip. You're just island hopping. You just need to get the weather right and have a little bit of fitness. It's pretty easy to do, apparently. So I think I'm going to do Tasmania, which might add another six months onto the trip. Um, but... I might not. I might just be sick of it by the time I get to Melbourne. I might just never want to stop. I might just keep yeah. going forever. Who knows? You're going to walk to Europe or something, man. Yeah. I wonder how hard it would be. So I got uh, to learn to walk on water. With the kayaking thing, how do you sleep? 
Like a surety? There's islands along the way. Okay. It's not, there's very, you're in the kayak for, for not very many hours in the day. Okay, okay. Mm. It just cool. takes five days, but that's just how it works. That's I don't incredible. know. I've not really done much research into it. There's, there's, a, there's some guys that have done it. There's a documentary, I can't remember the name of it. I'd love to plug it, but I don't, I can't think of it right now. And you say plug in there, are you doing this for a charity, for to raise money or awareness for anything, or is this for yourself? What like what what what's the purpose as such? It's just for, for myself. <clears throat> it's just for myself. I don't have a charity or anything. Um, it's it's like I said before. I'm just out here to learn. Yeah. Just uh, it's my it's my three year university degree. Yeah. In, in environmental science. The University of Life. There's no better university. That's true. Very true. Well, actually, I, I don't know. I've never been to university, so I don't... I don't Neither have I, I, man. I don't know if that's true. My dad always told me that he's never been to university either, so I think it's just something people that don't go to university say, oh, university of life's the best one, man. It's the best one. Hard application to get into. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a hard place to get into. Um, obviously, this week you made it to Canberra. Has that been the biggest win of the week, or is there something um, detailed that has been the or specific that has been your biggest win of the week? Oh, Porrick, I have got the greatest win of the week there ever fucking was. I've forgotten about it to right now. Oh my god! So I, I was, um, I just, I told you about this tea party I crashed in the forest. Well, just after that, there was, um, on the, there was two tents two solo camping tents. And so there was people coming back to this campsite and I hadn't seen people for a while or, and definitely not solo hikers. So I was pretty excited to see them. So I, it was only two o'clock in the afternoon, but I decided to call it a day already. Um, I figured they were out on a day hike and they'd be back around sundown. So I spent that whole time collecting firewood, getting stones, building a little fire, getting grass, getting dried moss, getting it all together. And then I got my knife and a piece of flint and I went <laughs> hitting the flint and I started Started a fire without paper, without a lighter, with nothing. <laughs> that is class. Yeah. That is awesome. Uh, I feel like, like a magician. That's pure Burr Grill stuff. Have you watched much like Burr Grill stuff to prepare for this, by the way? Or like, has there been anyone where you've watched or podcasts you've listened to to be like, okay, this might help me prepare? Or has this just been, you know what, I ain't going to go and do it. I, I read one book uh, called Bob Cooper's um, Outback Survival Guide, uh, which is like this veteran survival, outback survivalist. Um, but that's it. That's all I've done. I should have prepared a bit more, actually. But, but I, I don't know. Yeah. So far, it's working. That's it. So far, it's working. So far. So what's the goal in the next next 55 days? Where do you want to be in 55 days' time when we touch base again? Well, I don't know, sit on the beach drinking mimosas. That'd be nice. That'd be lovely. Something like that. Something like that. Gonna visit my grandma. That'd be nice. Um, I'm gonna go, gonna see an old friend I haven't seen for 10 years. She lives in Sydney. I met her at a festival in Portugal 10 years ago. Um, what's the goal in 55 days? I don't know. I'll probably... In, 55 days today, I'll probably just be walking down in the middle of a nameless highway, thinking about not much. The the beard will be touching the nipples by then. I'm getting this thing shaved off as soon as I can. I hate it. Oh, really? 
so itchy and I look like a hobo. <laughs> Man, you are a hobo. Yeah, I know, but I don't want to look like one. You're an amateur tramp. I'm an amateur tramp, yeah. Well, I think I graduated a little bit when I started that fire. Yeah, I think you're a semi-pro tramp now. <laughs> Apprentice. <laughs> uh, just on that, if people want to keep up to date with your journey and whatnot, it's through your Instagram at Amateur Tramp, and then also you have a blog, don't you? Yeah, the blog is also amateurtramp.com. Uh, and I also have a podcast called Once Around the Block where I uh, talk about my it's, – it's been roughly fortnightly. I'm trying to get it down to weekly. Uh, I just talk about what's happened, and then I um, interview someone I've met along the way. So I just posted an episode today, actually, uh, uh, which will probably be um, where I interviewed one of the women I met when I was hiking out in the bush who yeah. sat around the fire that I made. And she uh, does outdoor education. She's pretty cool. So, yeah. And then next week I'll be posting an episode where I interview the general manager of National Parks. I just recorded that interview yesterday. He's he's a pretty cool guy. We talk about how um, we're all going to die when all the water runs out. Pretty pretty scary. After everything, nothing matters. Let's be honest. As he said. Well, yeah. Yeah, nothing does matter. It's all made up. Do whatever you want. I love it. Any other closing comments other than that? But I, I, I really like that one. <laughs> and I think we should just leave it at that. Let's just uh, cut right there. <laughs> Thanks, Parry. Max, man, unbelievable chat, Neil. Thank you very much and the best luck. We're going to be touching base anyway. We're going to be doing a podcast every few months. So incredible, man. Fair play. Right. Just let you know. No worries. For anyone out there struggling at the moment, please reach out, whether it be to a friend, family member, co-worker or a professional helpline. It's incredible what a friendly voice and some understanding can do for you in a positive way. As always, stay golden, stay beautiful and make it a win.